Hi, good afternoon, Tisha. Thank you for coming on the show. Good afternoon, Anton. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Tisha. So, Tisha, for our viewers who may not be uh, as familiar with you and your expertise, can you please talk a little bit about who you are, your background? Sure. So, my current role is a director of customer insights for Kinview, which is formerly. Johnson & Johnson consumers were responsible for a large portfolio of brands that consumers, 1.2 billion consumers around the world know, like uh, Neutrogena, Tylenol, Listerine, Aveeno, those such brands. Um, as a director of, of Insights, I report into our strategy and performance um, hierarchy, which is a, a global role in which I oversee and collaborate with the customer experience experts or practitioners within the regions, as well as um, across some global functions. And so my background before getting into the customer insights role is uh, two disciplines. Um, most recently, supply chain. I came to Johnson Johnson Consumer after my uh, getting an MBA in supply chain. I've been there for five years. So that's dis my most recent di discipline. Um, but I spent the longest time in retail. My undergrad degree is in fashion and retail merchandising. And so I spent close to 17 years in the corporate retail space as a buyer, planner, merchandiser. Um, so to land as a director of customer experience, I'm leaning on my commercial experience in retail, as well as understanding how we get product to market, having the supply chain background as well. That's a great and rich background, Tisha, as, as I as I have shared with you before. So so thank you so much for sharing that with our viewers. So Tisha, in your either your current role or in your prior roles, when your leadership come to you and they say, "Great job," what are they typically counting on you for? Initially, it's all about business impact. You know, we're all working to improve upon our operational performance. Um, there are key metrics that uh, drive or kind of report out and how we are delivering operational performance. And so in my current role, my CEO gets excited when I'm sharing new insights or things that they haven't heard from before from the voice of customer. They get excited when we uh, develop strategies and plans to action on those insights. And ultimately, when those action drives improvement in our performance, whether it be in our top line sales, our bottom line gross profit, and um, an improvement in our customer experience scores. So that is what good job looks like for, for me to see. That's a great answer, Tisha. And thank you for sharing that. I get really excited when I hear researchers talk about impact because mm -hmm. that is so near and dear to my heart, especially, you know, a lot of our viewers as well, and a lot of our peers in the research community, we we tend to get hyper-focused on the how and new shiny tools and techniques that we can leverage in getting deeper into customer insights mm -hmm. that sometimes the what, the why, the impact take mm -hmm. a back seat. And so it's it's so refreshing and so wonderful to have you, you know, lead with talking about impact first, because I think that's so critical. So thank you for doing that. In your world, Tisha, when you have your CEO or you have your other cross-functional teams approach you, what challenges do you see them facing, especially when viewed from the context of improving customer experiences? Can you please talk a little bit about that? 
Sure. I, I feel like the challenges are multifold in that it's oftentimes I find myself having to ground people on what the customer experience is because it means different things to different people depending on your role. So shaping that or just having a common framework of what do we mean when we say customer experience. I think as we are transitioning Kinview from our legacy Johnson & Johnson family, having the right mechanisms in place to drive customer experience, to know that we're making the right decisions in our business to drive customer experience, and we're able to see that impact both internally and externally. So I, I think it's it's our challenges are, are not short, right? Um, so the, having a common framework on what it means, a common understanding of what it looks like when it comes in, in terms of like the, the insights and the experience, having a common measurement that everyone could apply to their business. Um, again, I'm in a global role, so I have to ensure that um, all the markets, no matter the, the size um, and their scale, can have some level of applicability to the insights that I'm delivering to them. And then ultimately the impact, you know, the impact is going to vary across the globe. So it's all about messaging and making sure that my cross-functional partners understand their role in driving the experience, their tools to drive the experience, and ultimately what it means for them. You know, why should I care, right? So we always have this, you know, we use with them what, what's in it for me, right? When we end our buy-in discussions and I'm trying to get people to adopt a new way of thinking or a new a measurement or a new tool, and it's always ending, you know, this is why this is important. This is how it's going to improve or make it things easier for you and or our customers. So that having that commonality across those different aspects of running customer experience are other challenges that we're facing. That's fantastic, Tisha. And, you know, that's a, that's a, that's, those are some great examples as well. And I want to double click on a couple of those because I, I think I feel strongly that there's a lot of gold in what you just said. So I want to dive in a little deeper for our viewers. I think it is so, so critical and so important in what you said at the onset about really helping internal stakeholders understand what, what you mean by customer experience, because it could be so much different depending on you know, the team and the unit and what facet of the business are they operating in? You know, I also see a lot of synergies in what you just said to how we go about guiding our clients. So in our business, Tisha, when we get approached by clients for insights or customer journey type of work, the very first thing that we do is we invite folks in for what we call a hypothesis setting workshop. And, you know, and they, they come in not knowing what they, you know, they, they have different ideas on what will happen. But what we typically do in these workshops, Tisha, is we present a customer experience map or a customer journey map based on what the client currently knows about their customer journey, about their customer experiences. And our brief to everyone coming into that workshop is just help us butcher this map. You know, this is not based on any new research that we've done. It's just based on an, amal an amalgamation of the understanding and the insights that you all already have. And those workshops are really fascinating, Tisha, because what happens is people are sitting in and we invite, you know, stakeholders from different teams, different units to come in. And, and like you said, you know, customer experience 
could could have a different meaning for everyone in a room and it may mean something very different to them to each one based on their experiences their viewpoints and so in these workshops as well tisha what 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 never ceases to amaze me is we'll have someone let's say in marketing stand up and say well you know in this facet of the the map that you guys are showing us um uh, i think this is correct because this is what customers are going through in this stage of their journey and this is how i feel that it's impacting their experience and then you have someone from operations get up and say well i disagree right <laughs> it's like that you know by the time they come to me they are talking about xyz and i don't even see exactly. that reflected here and yeah. and at that time tisha we as the researchers we're not saying anything we're just taking notes but what i really like is how you know the folks in marketing then you know like turn starry eyed at them and like what really yeah what they're saying to you yeah, yeah. you know and it's and it's really fascinating but for for journey mappers and for researchers for us the learning is aha this is a gap in mm-hmm. in customer understanding right now so you know when you talked about that i i i really wanted to share this as an experience because you are so true Mhm mhm <laughs> it's so critical to break down the the silos right so this is one of the things i learned i love about this role is that um and just how my background supports this role and allows me to be successful is because i really do have an end to end perspective right having been the customer working in supply chain and i have insight into you know more upstream development opportunities our uh, product uh, development opportunities and with our pmo office and our marketing team and i think it's critical for this role to be centralized so that you can speak the language of all those cross functional partners and bring them together because at this stage oftentimes we have a, a company of experts everyone's an expert in their field and there's nothing wrong with that right but i think um when you're in a cx role um this important to have a level of to be a generalist right and to have be able to work end to end and the cross silos and to be able to um collaborate with the team and influence the team to adopt a common framework and, and approach on on how we you know improve the customer experience so yeah it's it's i can imagine being in rooms like that um when people are you know in their their hubbies and they're focused on what they're they're good at and what their experts are are where their expertise lies um and hearing from their counterparts um all the different facets whether you're upstream or downstream in the customer experience yeah it's it could be a very eye-opening experience for sure it is and you know also as an experience share what i'd like to have our viewers walk away with also is when you do things like that you know when like you said tisha in focusing on well what does this mean to you in your world it also enables a lot of buying to mm-hmm. have early on with the research or the, with the effort that is being planned where people feel that you know they are being heard and mm-hmm. their gaps are being addressed so mm-hmm. so that's also a best practice coming back to you know your experiences tisha from customer journey aspect or standpoint can you please talk about an example or a case study when you leveraged customer journey mapping you know how you went about it and uh, what was the impact of that for your organization sure i think our customer journey mapping process 
began with just identifying who our customers are, right? And so through that discovery, we've identified four core personas or customer types that we do business with. And then our journey mapping with those customer types commenced, right? Because each of them have a different way in which they work with us, different tools, different process. And I think one extreme is when we think about like our mass retail customers, where a lot of our interaction frankly, is, is, is twofold. It's strategic, right? Because they're our largest customers in terms of the volume, but it's very transactional to a large degree and that there's a, a high degree of automation, right? And then we think about our small mom and pop stores, like our independent pharmacies, which dominate our European markets. They are transactional in that they don't plan their business the same way a mass retailer does. Um, and they're high touch, meaning our sales team and their sales rep for those independent pharmacies have such a high degree of influence on how their business is ran. So understanding the scope of those two personas and then mapping the journey to ensure that we have processes and tools that optimizes their journey has been very interesting. And the question becomes, well, what is more important because we interact with each of them so differently. So I, I think that's you know where we are right now in our discovery phase. We've identified the four personas, we've mapped their journeys. Now the question becomes how do we customize and or personalize those journeys so that we're optimizing our interaction with them. And then frankly, it comes down to prioritization. You know, our mass retailers, while we don't get a ton of orders in terms of volume of orders, the value of their orders are much larger. So frankly, they tend to get a little bit more attention because they're carrying our business. But we don't want to negate the criticality of our independent pharmacy because their orders are smaller in value, but larger in volume and that the frequency in which they place orders, the, n- the number of lines on each order, the number of codes on each order. And so the volume in which we have to manually um, accommodate them is, is a little different. So it, it comes down to prioritization, right? And, and where do we want to get the most bang for our buck without, you know, negating, you know, they're, they're both important, you know, customer groups. That's, that seems like a fascinating project, Tisha. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. If this goes as well as you're expecting it to, in terms of impact, what are you expecting will be the likely impact of this work on your business? I think the number one thing that I'm expecting to happen is that we're going to transition our call centers from a cost center to a customer hub, because our insights, and we deploy the right mechanisms, are going to be so rich that we don't get today. So that's one key impact is transitioning or converting our call centers from a cost center into something where it's a profit center for us, right, from the rich insights. I think the second thing that's going to come out of our journey mapping experience is the tools that we deploy within the company. We have an order management system that our smaller, like non-EDI customers leverage, but there is value for our EDI customers to leverage our um, order management system as well so that we can understand friction points throughout or regardless of the customer type, right? And then the, the last thing is, We're using platforms like Qualtrics when we are deploying not only our um, annual surveys for our solicited feedback, but those cost centers, the call centers for unsolicited feedback. We're going to dump all of that into a platform like Qualtrics and have 
a more rich insights from across the spectrum of our customers, which is something that we're not able to do today. And so in turn, if we're able to bring in those insights from those multiple channels and analyze it across the spectrum of customer groups, I'm anticipating that we'll have an improved customer experience, which is not the best today, unfortunately. But by improving it, you know, obviously we'll see that upside in the terms of volume of orders as well as the value of orders because it'll be will become easier to do the business with that's that's uh that's a great way to tie it in tisha and i appreciate you you doing that i want to double click on a couple of things that you said for our viewers because i think there's a lot of gold in what you what you just shared you know first of all i love the approach that you've taken from looking at this journey facet uh journey study from a persona based approach Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that makes results more meaningful, more actionable. Mm-hmm. It also helps you understand customer journeys, you know, from when viewed from the lens of their personas. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a great methodology. I think the way you are thinking about the impact, especially in terms of your call centers, in making them transform from a cost center to something that is more of a profit center that really guides your customer experiences. I think that is also brilliant. You know, that is also something that when we are guiding our clients, Tisha, we like to encourage clients to think first and foremost about the impact items like you do on not just any journey project, but any insights project as well. You know, why are we doing this? What is the impact that we're going to achieve? And when we speak about impact, Tisha, then like you, we also have our clients look at impact from three different lens. The first and foremost is, you know, what is the business impact? So mm-hmm. how will this move the needle? In your case, there's a clear business impact on all the improvements that you outlined. The second guiding, uh, the second guidance that we provide is focus on converting those business impact items to financial impact items. So again, in your case, Tisha, and that's why I wanted to double click on what you said, you so brilliantly converted the business to the financial impact in having the organization see how these cost centers can become hubs for customer experience improvement and profit centers. That I think is so key for any of our viewers who are embarking on journey work. If you can tie in those business impact items to how they convert into strong financial impact items for your organization, where how those insights, if those improvements are made, well, how do they reduce costs? How do they generate more revenues? How do they reduce cost leakages? How they build loyalty? And what is the financial impact of that? So if sales grow by 2%, as an attribute for this project, what does that mean? If they grow by 10%, what does that mean? And in our work, Tisha, we actually produce journey maps where we replace some of these inside percentages with dollar percentages or dollar amounts. And that's a story that gets a lot of appreciation, especially when presenting at the C-suite at the board level. Because as you know, Tisha, the C-suite cares about the insights. Mm-hmm. But they also want you to justify, okay, so you're saying we shouldn't do X or right. we should in- invest X in the business. Well, what's the ROI going to be? And so if you can tell the journey story from the facet of hard dollars, 
it yeah. becomes a much more easier sell. And then the third impact item that we guide our clients, Tisha, is more on the personal impact. What happens when the call center transforms from a cost center to a profit center? Well, for your leadership or your stakeholders, what does that do for them personally? Does it, does it make someone fight a little less harder for budgets every year? Does it make someone's life a lot more easier? But also understanding that personal impact is so critical because it encourages buy-in and, and ensures that, you know, the insights that you have worked hard on get acted on mm -hmm. and don't just become another report on someone's desk. Yeah. And I know you know all this. I'm double-clicking on all the gold that you shared for our viewers' perspective because this is the advantage of when you think of projects from an impact st standpoint early on, as opposed to what new shiny research tool am I going to get to use, you know, yeah. in this one. So I thought that was that was really a great example that you had. Great, great. So Tisha, I know we're almost at the end of our time, but I want to ask you, if you had the opportunity to do any of these customer journey projects again, what improvements would you make or is there anything that you would do different? I think in, in my space, my current role, I'm focused on customer journeys from a B2B perspective. But I think what I'm finding is that there is an opportunity to extend that view and collaborate more with my B2C counterpart because a customer journey for our retail customers ends at the shelf right? It doesn't end when they, you know, get their order and, you know, they pay for their goods, but it extends to, okay, once they receive their order, you know, at their warehouses, how long does it take for them to unload our trucks? Are we labeling boxes so that it can seamlessly flow through, you know, their supply chain networks? Are they arriving at the stores um, not damaged? Are we able to supply in a way that we can always secure availability at the rate of sale? Are we able to support promotions and other seasonality at shelf? Are we able to offer newness um, to the customers um, and able to participate in whatever promotional programming they have for a category or a particular customer type at shelf? So I feel like right now the the industry is very focused on this journey mapping, but we need to ensure that we are, the journey mapping is cohesive, right? That we're not just siloing it to just B2B or just B2C or just marketing or whatever other roles that are happening within the org. Because what happens is if I'm able to connect my B2B insights with the B2C insights, those insights then go to marketing and to, you know, packaging development and product development to further, it's like, it's, it's a cycle, right? It could be a closed loop cycle. It, it should be constantly like a loop that we are feeding the experience. We're getting the insights and I'm, and I'm putting them back into marketing samples so they can better design product lines. Packaging can better design new packaging innovation to seamlessly flow to excite the customer, you know, what have you, right? So we're really all interconnected. So I, I, I love the journey mapping process but I would love for it to be more integrated. I hope that's that answers a, your question. Yes, it does. And, you know, that's a great observation as well. That sometimes is the mindset that we have to consult and guide on as well, because you're right, especially in your world, dealing with retailers or shoppers, 
a lot of companies tend to look at it as a very linear journey that mm-hmm. you know begins and ends at the shelf level and your instincts are so spot on uh tisha this is actually a cyclical journey it mm-hmm. doesn't really end when the purchase has been made and now mm-hmm. when you layer on the whole b2b facet then mm-hmm. it's really uh b2c to b to b to see exactly. again you know it's almost <laughs> almost a loop a cyclical kind of a journey and and i have to share with you yes that is absolutely spot on and that is also something that that you know forms a big part of our consultation with our clients so i think i think you you're absolutely on the right track i wish you continued success in in helping your organization continue to find the gold in these uh, journey efforts but thank you so much for taking the time to chat i think our viewers will will walk away with a lot of gold from this uh, discussion as well i hope so and thank you for having me i i enjoyed the the process of sharing <laughs>